What's up, guys? Welcome to the Dabao Podcast. Jada here. In this series, we bring Malaysians all around the world to you. We will have a glimpse of how life is at their side of the world. What's your favorite part of like running the whole Boba Tea Plushy project? My favorite of me is just seeing sales that are coming in. <laughs> <laughs> seeing, the, uh, seeing the money coming in, like ching yeah, ching. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, guys! Welcome back to the Dabao Podcast. So I've came across this cute boba tea plushie in a Facebook group called Sato Asian Trades, and I wouldn't be surprised if you have come to see this picture as well. Well, whenever you see a product. That's going viral, right? You probably go like, ah, damn it! I should have seen this coming. I should have started it. So in this episode, we have a guest, which is the person behind all the boba tea plushies that you have seen on the web. Let's welcome Zi Heng to the Dabao Podcast. Hi, Zi Heng. Hi, Jada. Nice to meet you. Great to be on this podcast. <laughs> My pleasure. So share with us a little bit about yourself. So uh, I'm 23 this year. I just graduated from university, studied in Melbourne, and uh, how I came up with this business was I wasn't that of a good student in Melbourne, so <laughs> I <laughs> was looking for ways to differentiate myself or to at least put myself in a better standing as opposed to all my friends who had better grades. So mm-hmm. at that time, it was a uh, second year in university, and I just applied for an exchange program to Singapore. And yeah, because Singapore is like the most competitive country in the world, as everyone says. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> so, yeah. So I just took an exchange program there, uh, studied for, mm-hmm. for one semester. And then I loved the place so much that I took a, I, I applied for an internship at a startup. And nice. I stayed there for an extra two months. And uh, during that internship, I basically had nothing much to do on the weekends. So like like any other broke student would do, I, I just went onto Google and just typed in how to make money online. And mm-hmm. I just came upon this uh, business model called dropshipping. So what dropshipping yeah. is, is uh, basically uh, you look for items online, uh, mainly from places like websites like Alibaba or Taobao. And then you create your own website. And then you you import those products onto your website and then you market them worldwide. So for me, I found that bubble tea plushie online and I marketed it to the US and that's how I made 100,000 USD revenue in two months. That's crazy. How on earth did you think about launching the boba tea plushie idea? So when I started, uh, doing this in Singapore during my internship, I actually <laughs> had a few failures. So the Bobati plushie oh, store, okay. yeah. So the Bobati plushie store was actually my eighth store. Before oh. that, <laughs> before that, I had seven failures. So mm-hmm. when I first started, I uh, my website was very ugly. I had all the countdown timers, like which look which made <laughs> it look like a scam, and and like I started. At that time, I knew that bubble tea was a growing trend. So my first store, I started selling bubble tea phone cases. So basically phone cases with bubble tea designs at the back of them. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I made quite a few sales, but eventually I still made a loss because I didn't, I wasn't equipped with all the skills needed to run a successful and uh, a successful website. Mm. So I eventually shut that down and then I created a few more websites over over the year. And I sold things like from kitchenware to more phone cases. Kitchenware? Like, like what? Like knives? Yeah, so uh, not knives, but uh, I sold tools like tools, tools people never really seen in stores before. For example, like handheld knife sharpeners. So like if you see oh, knife, sharp, knife sharpeners, oh, they'll be like, <laughs> yeah, so like normal knife sharpeners will be big mm-hmm. and bulky. So the ones mm-hmm. I sold were just handheld, pretty small, and they still they were still able to sharpen a knife. So I felt that they were quite useful. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I went on to sell, uh, oh yeah, so I went on to sell, I went on to start Subtle Asian Treats in December. Because oh. I came across a post from, from the Facebook group, Subtle Asian Trades. Not yep. sure if you heard of that. Yeah, so, that's how I came to <laughs> see like, your product for the first time. Yeah, so so I, I came upon a post from someone on that group uh, talking about a seal from Japan. A really, really round seal from Japan. And then after that, I thought it was really cute. So I went over to Alibaba and Taobao to look for the product, look for mm-hmm. any product related to that seal. And I found a plushie of that seal. Oh. So I just, I, I thought, why not just try try, try marketing it like to, to the entire world because like that group had, had a very wide audience. And uh, yeah, like the, the reception on that post was really, really, the engagement was really, really good. So I thought, why not just run it, run advertisements on that product and just try and sell it. So within two weeks, I made a revenue of three thousand USD. So that was my very very first break, big wow. break. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't much, but uh, that was when I truly made money. How long did it take to for you to jump from like the the seal plushie idea to the boba tea plushie idea? So the seal plushie idea, like it died down after two weeks. So mm-hmm. the website was dormant after that. And then <laughs> I went on. I went on to try other other products and niches. So next, I went on to uh, martial arts apparel because I'm a big fan of mixed martial arts. So mm-hmm. I thought, why not just go into a niche where I had a very high interest in? Mm-hmm. And that one did not go really well because, um, like uh, the the one lesson that I learned is that people wouldn't really buy from your brand if they've never even heard about it. So, for example, sport, especially sporting goods, for example, if you mm. want to go get a really good pair of shoes, they'll go to Nike or Adidas. They wouldn't go to any store brand they've never even heard of. So, that was one That's lesson I learned. And then after that, after the uh, martial arts apparel store, I was trying to look for new products to sell. And then I was scrolling on Alibaba every single day. And then one day, <laughs> I found the bubble tea plushie and it was just released like on the day on the day itself it was just released and I thought wow that looked very very cute and there were no one selling it at all so Mm -hmm. why not just try and import it into my store and just sell it and then I spent the whole night writing descriptions and everything and I started running advertisements the next day 
And on the very first day, I had I had a lot of sales and my ROI oh. was almost four to five times. <laughs> and I believe it was because I, I was the I had the first mover advantage because no one else was selling it and no yeah. one saw that product product before. So I just kept running, kept my advertisements running for two months. And after two months, I reached 100K revenue. Mm. So from launching to getting your first sales, you were just on like Alibaba, you saw it and then you market it the next day, then you got sales. So it was like less than 48 hours. Yeah. So uh, wow. it, was, it was all within the span of two days, like from, from uh, discovering the product and just bringing everything and marketing your execution is so on point, uh. <laughs> Yeah, so 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 be, like uh, I I I believe like because uh before that I already had like experience with so many stores, so I didn't mm-hmm. knew like uh what I had to do. I just needed to find the correct product. So and mm-hmm. at the time that product was just released, so it was uh it was it was more of um it was mostly due to uh the preparation I had and just a yeah. stroke of luck. How did you feel when the product took off? Uh, at that time, I I was really, really excited, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it was a really hectic period because it yeah. was in April. It was right at the peak of COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. so I had a lot of sales like daily, almost twenty to thirty sales daily, and then wow. yeah, so uh, COVID nineteen messed everything up because so usually um, products will reach my customers from between one to two weeks. Mm-hmm. But then due to COVID-19, like they had restrictions on air travel. So mm-hmm. my products started reaching only after two months. So that was <laughs> a very, very big problem for me. Yeah. And I, I had a lot of emails, like support emails daily. So and my, my customers were all from the US. So I had to wake up early in the morning at seven or eight to reply to their emails because that's when they would start sending in emails. Such dedication. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And uh yeah, so like they were all angry customers, but I, mm-hmm. I I felt the need to refund them because like as a customer, you wouldn't want to wait two months to receive any anything, right? So mm-hmm. so like what I did was I refunded my customers and I I told them, uh, when you receive your product, uh, let me know and then I'll give you a full refund. And like almost everyone was okay with that. Oh, that was a smart move. Yeah, so like I, I rather do honor <laughs> business instead of like mm-hmm. just make, making everyone angry. So like when they received their product, they uh it was so happy me. about it, right? Yeah, they mm-hmm. emailed me and then I told them, uh, if you wouldn't mind, could you just like put an honest review on our on my website mm-hmm. uh, with regards to the services and the products? And uh that's how I have almost a hundred reviews on my website right now. And all my reviews on my website are real. So mm-hmm. like in this age of e-commerce, there's a lot of, there's, it's a very easy to get around. Yeah, there's a lot of fake reviews uh. everywhere. So <laughs> I'm proud to say that my website is 100% real, <laughs> real mm-hmm. reviews. And yeah, so, and also there was another thing that, so like another challenge I faced during COVID-19 was uh, the shipping rates, the shipping fees uh, increased by up to three times, I think. So, Mm-hmm. Like my margins, right. so like also also due to the restrictions on travel, so like shipping uh. times increased and then shipping fees increased as well. So mm-hmm. it was during the second day, I think. Uh, I was really stressed out because like the shipping fees, shipping fees increased so much that I, um, I like every sale just 
I didn't make any profit of it. It was either mm-hmm. negative profit or just break even. So I had to negotiate with my supplier in Mandarin and my Mandarin wasn't even that good. So <laughs> I used a lot of Google Translate and mm-hmm. I managed to cut a deal with my supplier to split the total fees by half. So mm-hmm. after that, everything was smooth sailing. Like even though I was making less profit, but it was a steady stream of profit. And yeah, I, I think the main thing was down to me being the first mover within this niche or product. I like how you took like the situation, like the situation that seemed to be very bad for the business. Like, you know, the product will only arrive after two months. And then you took the initiative, you know, to contact them and say that, hey, if you really want to refund, then at least leave an honest review, right? So there's basically a chance to build the relationship with your clients. So that was very interesting. Yeah, for me, like I, I'd rather do honest business instead of just mm-hmm. like instead of doing it just for the money. And like to be honest, the reviews really helped. Like until now, yeah. even though I've stopped running ads since since the end of that two months, mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm still getting sales almost daily. And I wow. would say it's mostly down to the reviews. So, mm. yeah. so people will probably think that oh, Ziheng got lucky, right? So what do you think about that? Uh, okay, so it was a bit of luck because mm-hmm. I found the product when it was released but also most of it was down to hard work because I took the initiative Definitely. to search for new products every single day and I, I, I didn't really give up after failing seven times because every single... Uh, for every single failure, I learned something new and I applied it mm-hmm. to my following website. So it was more of trial and error for me. It was, and a bit of luck, but almost all of it just was hard work. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I think one of the reasons that it was a success, right, is because like, you know the targeted audiences very well. Like you promoted it on subtle Asian traits where, well, everybody loves bubble tea over there, right? And I think that finding the correct product market fit is probably the toughest thing when you're starting up. How did you do it? Yeah, so uh, Subtergent Trades is a, it's a group and where most of the members are Asians or Asian <laughs> yeah. Americans. Mm-hmm. So from then on, I knew... I, that was where I discovered the, the seal plushie. And from, from that day on, I already knew my target market. It was Asian Americans. Uh, not really Asian Asians because, uh, to be honest, Asian Americans their purchasing power is a lot higher than yeah. Asians from Asia. So I that's why that's that's why I focus mainly on Asians with Asian Americans in the US or uh Europe. And mm-hmm. one thing that really helped was um Facebook advertisements allowed you to target specific demographics with their with, with your advertising. Like, it's not possible now anymore. I'm not sure why, but at that time, oh. I, was, uh, I was able to target specifically Asian Americans with my advertisements. So I guess that helped a lot. I mean, I target <laughs> interests like bubble tea as well. But Oh, yeah, you can do definitely. that? Was it a one-man show? The website was a one-man show. And if you go on the website, you see... Yeah, if you if you go on the website, you see I'll explain it now. If you go on the website, you see the about us section. There's a photo of a girl there, and mm-hmm. uh, that's basically a persona I created because like oh, couple Asian traits. My demographic, mm-hmm. my target demographic, uh, is they are is uh, Asian Americans. So I created <laughs> yep. So I created a persona 
who is also an Asian American, and uh, mm. Mm, according to data, like girls like plushies more than guys. So I created created a female persona, Asian American, yeah. and then uh, I basically took a stock photo online. I paid for it, and then just put it on my website. So it's hundred percent legal, and then just created a, an, an Asian name for her, Laura Chang, and. Yeah, that's how I made my website look more uh, legitimate as opposed to if I were to just put my face there <laughs> or just put no one there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so other than, you know, uh, selecting the plushies to put on it, right? I think there are a lot of things that are going behind the scene. For example, like, you know, contacting the suppliers that like you talked about and then you say there were this part where you have to build your own website, right? So what are the other things that are going behind the scene that we don't really know? So uh, building the website uh, wasn't really that hard. So <laughs> I used a platform called Shopify. It's basically a yeah. uh, web, web builder where you just drag and drop templates mm-hmm. and just create a website but um one of the big things that helped me as compared to everyone every other person doing job shipping is that i would say uh learning how to design uh contributed a lot so i basically learned photoshop mm. from scratch i knew nothing i just went onto youtube and just learned it like that was wow. that was right at the beginning <laughs> yeah so i wow. spent like uh hours and hours on it every single day mm-hmm. uh and yeah, that really helped because it helped me design all the posters and helped me design the backdrops for all the products uh, on my website. And that was, that I, w- I would say that was one very big contributor to differentiating my website from all the other websites you see online. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing is that uh, having a good relationship with your supplier is, uh, is very important. So... Okay. My supplier, I, I, they were they were basically my second uh, supplier. The first supplier for the boba plushies, they didn't really. I couldn't really get over the shipping fees with them, so I just switched over to this one. Mm-hmm. And then this one, they, they, they just agreed to split the shipping fees in half. And then I've been with them ever since. So like any any problems like with shipping or delivery or anything, any logistical problems within China. Like they will mm-hmm. help me. They will help me solve the problems. Like instead of me going over and contacting yeah. the logistics yeah. company themselves, mm-hmm. like they will help me with everything because I've been giving them sales ever since. Oh. wow! And like I know, I remember right. Um, after seeing your product for the first time, and not too long after, right? Then there were a lot, a lot of like similar products, like mushrooming up. How do you feel when you see that after that few months? Yeah, so uh, a lot of competitors, like they appeared after a few weeks. And then Definitely. all, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like all of them, they just, they copied my website description, like the product description. Straight out. Yeah, straight out. They copied, they copied the ads. Mm-hmm. They copied my, they took my reviews. So like all the reviews, all my real reviews, they just took it and put it on a website. Mm-hmm. And um. Yeah, I, I was I was pretty frustrated at that time, but like I what I did was um I basically just sent them emails, like told them like if you don't take this down, then I'll just report you to the Shopify platform. And mm-hmm. uh most of them took took their photos down. And like with regard to advertising, like the only thing I could do was just differentiate. So I just had to come up with new advertisements and mm-hmm. I had to order the 
I had to order uh, plushies myself from my supplier and they were nice enough to give me like a whole box of free plushies. So, oh. yeah, I I I had I got the plushies and I took own photos of them so I could create more advertisements, more enticing advertisements to sell. Yeah. So, I think one of the toughest part, right, after you have, you have gained the first success, right, is to replicating it. So, do you feel any pressure on, like, you know, creating the next thing? Um, right now, I like it, it depends on my future goals. So, right now, I plan mm-hmm. to actually leverage this to apply for jobs in Singapore. Because I really mm-hmm. love the place. I studied there. I interned there. And I really love the uh, the culture and the work environment there. So, I plan to go back there and work. So, right now, I do not have any pressure to create new stores or create mm. new websites and looking for new products. Because right now, my current website is still doing like well. I'm still getting sales daily and uh, yeah. I feel it's a really, really good source of just purely passive income. Like A lot of people preach passive income, but this, <laughs> I feel, is really fully automatic. I, mm-hmm. I just need to spend like 10-15 minutes on it every single day. Yeah, and we were talking about it before the recording starts and I think that it's like a brilliant idea to you know pitch about yourself when you're finding your graduate job because like people won't have to you know go through your cv asking you where did you intern in and then they will probably find articles of you online which is very very cool but like on a side note though like how is pandemic job hunting mm, yeah so pandemic job hunting is really really tough Mm. Um, I tried applying to a few companies but haven't heard anything from them but right now I've put everything on pause because I'm uh, I'm trying to leverage all uh, available media I can mm-hmm. get on myself to apply mm-hmm. for jobs so I have uh, articles on Oriental Daily Free Malaysia today that uh, just came out so yeah. I, I might I, I'll, I'll definitely put them in my CV and use those mm-hmm. to leverage for job applications but as of now i'm still putting everything still waiting a few more days maybe next year january i'll start continuing the job hunting process yeah yeah and basically right now i think it's a it's a good time to you know get more spotlight on you because oh, come on like everyone have seen this picture at one point on their facebook right <laughs> yeah yeah so Okay, so from a marketing standpoint, uh, I definitely feel that like those articles will definitely pay for themselves in terms of yeah. in terms of our in terms of ROI. So mm-hmm. I essentially like emailed some of them. Emailed I emailed some of the media outlets mm-hmm. to ask whether they wanted to pitch my story, and it was really to be honest, it was really tough because <laughs> I had to write the whole pitch by myself, and oh. mm-hmm. and I didn't really get that many replies and eventually I engaged a PR company called uh, Elliot & Co. It's a local PR company. Yeah. So uh, I engaged them to assist me with writing like my own pitch to send to the media outlets again and uh, because of them I was able to uh, appear on some of the media outlets that you've seen online mm-hmm. and this wasn't like I feel this is a I felt that this was a very good investment in terms of building my own personal brand and future career pathways. Because to be honest, like 
I've never really spent any of my profits from selling my property plushies. And <laughs> I will say this, this would be one of the few times that it was a very good investment. Yeah. And talking about, you know, sending proposals, right? Because I started this podcast and what I do, how I get my guests on the show is basically to shoot them DMs, right? So I would say like the reply rate is probably 20%, 20 to 30%. So um, I'm very grateful that I, I got uh, Zihang on the show, but it's definitely not as easy as it thinks as you know as people think right so like what you've talked about in the beginning people felt like you you were lucky but you actually uh, started like seven businesses that failed and then now we probably see you in more traditional medias right and then they were like oh this guy got lucky but they didn't know there were a lot of hustle that you put in as well yeah uh so like in some of the online articles that i saw like there were comments that said oh this guy was just lucky yeah. this guy this guy just had a lot of money but mm -hmm. I, I i would say that um yeah so having savings really helps like let's say if you want to start a mm -hmm. business you definitely need to have savings and you definitely need to have a safety net in case you fail and uh, thankfully, like I, I lived extremely frugally in my university days. High five. <laughs> like, uh, as a student, I I usually usually had uh one one meal one meal a day. Like yeah, my my Wait, friends that's, can that's attest so to that. Extreme, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so okay, not maybe one not one meal a day, but like I split both meals like to half portions a day. So spend yes. less. Yeah, <laughs> spend less, and then and and uh yeah, like I never really spent on uh fashion like for example shoes or clothes like i see a lot of my friends they just they just spend a lot on shoes they have like 10 pairs of sneakers but <laughs> i only have one pair of sneakers and mm. one pair of dress shoes like that's enough for me and i really uh i think that it's all down to your mindset on yeah. how you want to live life and yeah for me like i i felt like i only i only get what's necessary and mm -hmm. thankfully like this allowed me to have a financial safety net which allowed yeah. me to fail and fail and mm -hmm. fail and eventually succeed. And you're only 23 and like, I'm super excited. Like, of course, the, you know, finding a job during this pandemic is definitely like extremely hard, right? Like, because mm -hmm. like, they are industry, they are very effect, impacted and they are industries, they are doing extremely well, but everyone is trying to, you know, not spend that much money. But I hope that, you know, next year things will get better. Mm-hmm. So, like, right now, you're almost like an e-commerce guru, right? Come on, eight businesses and one that hit the jackpot. And then what do you feel about, you know, a lot of courses that you've seen floating around, especially when you're watching YouTube videos? Yep, I'm too frugal <laughs> to get the YouTube premium. So, how do you feel about those things? Yeah, so, uh, speaking of gurus, uh, mm -hmm. I am, I would say I am very passionate within this space, like the guru space, because <laughs> I, I am very against fake gurus online. And mm. by fake gurus, I mean gurus who use, uh, tactics like scarcity and urgency tactics or, or uh, outlandish claims just to get people to sign up for their substandard courses, which they charge for. A few thousand, to charge a few thousand dollars for. Uh, yeah, they're so expensive, actually. Yeah, so so to be honest, uh, all the info you can find within these courses, they're all on YouTube or Google. It just it just it just takes 
effort for you to look for the info online. Like, mm. I, I, like one thing I want to say is that people who sign up for these these thousand dollar courses, like, there's no, there's really no shortcut to doing to starting a business. Like, yes. if you can't even, if you don't even have like the grit and determination to look for information readily available online, what makes you think you have the grit and determination to start your own, start and run your own business? So it's mm-hmm. really, it's really sad to see people spend so much money on courses yes. and then they eventually don't make, they don't learn enough to make money or they don't even make any money from it. And yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's what I've, I've, I've seen with uh, a lot of courses online, a lot of Facebook ads, YouTube ads. And usually like the, the comments on those ads are almost angry. always negative. Yes, all angry comments. They'll call mm. it a scam. And... Yeah, like this is one thing which is very prevalent right now, especially during the pandemic, because everyone's at home. Everyone's most people are out of their jobs. They are in a low point in life. They're desperate to make money, which is mm-hmm. where these fake these gurus come in. They just increase their marketing budget by a lot, and then they just run all these ads to people, and then they promise them, uh, they promise them wealth, and instead people lose more money and the ones that are making are the gurus themselves. Yeah. And actually, like, I've discussed about this with my boyfriend. Like, what is the psychology behind people, you know, willing to sign up for the courses and willing to spend so much of their money in it, right? So the conclusion is that they felt like they have done something, you know, by taking that action, they felt like they are doing something for themselves. But it's not as easy as that. A lot of information that they sell, right, is actually, you can you can find it for free on YouTube. So if you really want to learn something and you really want to start something, right, definitely recommend you to find the free resources first as well and know what you need before just like, you know, oh, I have these ideas. Then you just dive right into buying the course. Yeah, that, that's really true. So, uh, like, uh, like what you said, like the sense of fulfillment, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's very very prevalent because they they play they they market their courses as though it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, and then yeah. if you sign up for it, yeah, you'll be able to make tons of money. You'll be successful. Mm-hmm. So people buy the courses. They are, they like when they hear those kind of messages, like they wouldn't mind spending because like. If you if you can make like tens of thousands of dollars, you wouldn't mind yeah. spending one thousand dollars on it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how they get their customers past that barrier, and then people just spend money on the courses, and eventually they just like don't get the results which were promised to them. So yeah. that's the problem. And to be honest, right, all the courses or like all the tutorial videos that we have watched online, right? Like, without actions, like, those are just, like, somebody else's teaching material. Like, you won't go anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. So, like, it's just, like, playing any sport, you know? Like, if you want to get good, you want to, like, make it to the top of the league, you really have to... You can't just, like, watch videos of people playing and studying the sport. You have to Mm -hmm. get down and just practice it every single day. Like, you just keep doing, keep failing, and just learning from mistakes. That's the only way to improve. What's your, like favorite part of like running the whole boba tea plushie project favorite memory uh, uh favorite memory favorite memory, favorite memory is just seeing sales like, coming in and <laughs> <laughs> seeing, the, uh, seeing the money coming in like ching yeah, ching yeah. right? <laughs> uh favorite memory 
That's fine as well. Yeah, honestly, so I, 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 I might just say that. Okay, I will yeah. just gonna say that. Because like, <laughs> I've, I feel, I feel so many times and like, it's really, really, uh, I, I felt really happy to see that all my hard work has come to fruition and yeah. that, that never giving, that never giving up was the correct choice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, just, I was really, really happy to see that, that there were results with my hard work. Mm. And like, you know, like when you see Zihang the, the next time, don't just say, ah, you got lucky. There are so much hassle behind the scene. And I'm very excited to see like what you do next, no matter whether it's like, you know, finding your job in Singapore or, you know, possibly like dropping your next product. And for our audiences that would like to stay connected with you in your journey, how can we do that? So, uh, I'm, in, I'm mostly more active on my Instagram. So, it's uh, mm-hmm. at Zheng Chan, T-Z-E-H-I-N-G-C-H-A-N. And also, uh, speaking about fake gurus, I also have a YouTube channel. I just started it. I only have like two videos there. But they're, about, they're mainly about uh, analyzing fake gurus and their advertisements yeah. online. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. no condemning. Condemning is bad. You'll get sued for that. So, just analyzing. Yep, analyzing and I will also link his uh, Instagram profile and also his YouTube video when this episode is live thank you so much Zihang thank you so much Jada nice meeting you thank you so much for tuning in this episode I hope that you have enjoyed today's content do you have someone that you would like to have on the show drop me a DM on Instagram at jaida underscore ow Stay healthy, stay safe. I'm Jada Al from the Tapao Podcast and I'll talk to you in the next episode.